I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 598 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. This is your first time listening to the podcast. Please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I've got a true American hero joining me on First Class Fatherhood today. Congressman Michael Waltz joins me on the podcast. Michael Waltz is a combat veteran Green Beret. In fact, he is the first Green Beret elected to Congress. He served multiple tours with the elite special operations forces known as the Green Berets in the Middle East, Afghanistan, and Africa. For his actions in combat, Michael Waltz was decorated with four bronze stars, including two with valor. If you happen to remember that debacle back in the day with the deserter, Bo Bergdahl, Michael Waltz was the one who led the teams in search of the deserter. Congressman Waltz is the author of a new children's book, which is part of the Brave series. His book is titled Dawn of the Brave. He is a Florida native and was elected to Florida's 6th Congressional District, which was previously a position held by now Governor Ron DeSantis. I'm truly honored to have him on the podcast today. Congressman Michael Waltz will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Congressman Waltz was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the Green Beret and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, if you enjoyed today's interview with Congressman Waltz and you're interested in checking out other Green Berets who have stopped by the podcast, you got to go back and check out my conversations with Medal of Honor recipient Green Beret Matthew Williams, the Black Rifle Coffee owner Evan Hafer, as well as UFC fighter Tim Kennedy. The Green Berets are just an elite group of just so blessed as an American that we have guys like that defending our freedom. So go check out them and all the rest of the veteran dads that have stopped by the podcast here. Don't forget, First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads is now available. Uh, One of the Green Berets, Matthew Williams, is in the book. Go pick up yourself a copy there over on Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Target, wherever you buy books. Search out First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads. I can't say thank you enough to all the listeners out there who went out and bought the book, making it a bestseller in multiple categories over on Amazon. Uh, Please keep the support coming. I greatly appreciate it. If you guys are enjoying the books that you received, please hit me with a review on Amazon. That'll go a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Congressman Michael Waltz. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Congressman Michael Waltz. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thank you, brother. Good to be with you. All right, let's start right here, if we could. How many kids do you have? How old? Yeah, so I have two. Uh, and it's the full spread. I have uh, an 18-year-old daughter uh, that is actually, uh, you know, at, looking at colleges and trying to decide which one she's going to attend. And I have a three-month-old son. Uh, so nothing like dealing with the empty nest by uh, by, by starting over. And uh, my wife, uh, who's also an Army veteran, uh, let me get away with naming him Army. Uh, so. <laughs> Go Army, and Army's got to eat, and the Army's got to rest, and we're, we're having, I'm having a lot of fun with the name. Wow, awesome. Yeah, congratulations on the little one there. That's great stuff. And if, and if you could, you mentioned the Army there. If you could, Congressman, please, just for my listeners who don't know, hit, hit them with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm uh, a Green Beret. I've served for 25 years. 
uh, running around the world, mainly in Africa and Afghanistan, uh, getting shot at, uh, and uh, now ser still serve in the National Guard as a colonel. Uh, so still going. We've 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 confirmed. I'm probably the only member of Congress still jumping out of airplanes. But uh, uh, built a business as an entrepreneur and then and then left that to run for now Governor DeSantis's congressional seat uh, that he vacated uh, when he ran for governor uh, and serve uh, North Northeast Florida, serve on the Armed Services Committee and on the Science, Space and Technology Committee in, in the House of Representatives. Yeah, incredible stuff. And, and thank you for your service. And, and obviously you mentioned there, I mean, it's, it's so great to see. I know I've had a lot of the Navy SEALs on the podcast here, a lot of other veterans that are now throwing their hat into this toxic political arena that's what's become in our country here. And I'm grateful for it, just as I am for your service, because we need you guys just as much in Washington as we do on the front lines, so that maybe eventually we won't need you on the front lines anymore. So uh, I, I think it's so important for that. And, and how about as far as what are the challenges for you being, uh, you know, a congressman while having a young child at home here? Like what, what, what have been some of the challenges of that? Well, and to your point, though, on veterans very quickly, I mean, we need more veterans to run for office, both sides of the aisle, locally, statewide, uh, you know, in Washington, D.C., because it's not that we agree or disagree on, on certain issues. It's about the ethos that we bring. Right. If you're willing to serve together to die for this country, then you can get in a room in Washington and hammer things out, roll up your sleeves, take tough votes and make tough compromises. So I'm I'm thrilled to see so many veterans running, but we're still at a record low. We, in the 1970s, it was 75 percent of the Congress were vets. Now it's at 16 percent, a record low in our nation's history. And uh, we, we've got to improve on that. Look, in, in terms of having kids in, in Congress, my daughter loves to, to come to um, the House floor with me. I've actually had her sit behind me as we were uh, as I was introducing a bill on girls education around the world and making the point that in fragile societies and countries that I've served, you know, where girls are educated and women are empowered in business and politics and leadership, you don't tend to have too much of an extremist problem. Uh, and so, uh, you know, she loves to dive into those issues with me. We have uh, pretty healthy debates, whether it's on global warming or, or women's empowerment or what's going on in our economy or around the world. Uh, it, I, I got to be honest with you, having a, a newborn in the middle of, of a pretty hectic schedule um, isn't, uh, isn't necessarily the recommended course of action, as we'd say uh, in the military, but it's a total blessing. And that's what keeps us motivated, right? I mean, I don't want uh, either of my kids, your kids, or future generations growing up in a world led um, by, frankly, by Chinese communists uh, that are seeking to supplant the United States as a global leader. Uh, and I, I want them growing up in, in a society that is tolerant, that creates opportunity uh, for future generations. It keeps me motivated, both of them. Uh, kind of both ends of the spectrum at newborn and at 18. Yeah, very well said, Congressman. I'll tell you what, right now, we, you know, I talk about it on this show all the time. We got a fatherless crisis going on in our country. Yep. And you, met, you mentioned Governor DeSantis down there before. I, I was so uh, pleased to see the bill that he put forward there as passed with, with uh, addressing the fatherless crisis. I was just on Fox and Friends this morning discussing this. Uh, I wish and pray that more states will follow his lead with that, because when you take the father out of the house and you take God out of society, 
you're seeing what we see here in New Jersey. Uh, they're they're going to be teaching second graders about sexual orientation in the fall. And to me, uh, I, I think parents have got to step up and fight back extremely hard against this because this is ridiculous. I have a second grader here in New Jersey. Thank God we have her in Catholic school, so she won't be exposed to this. But I think these are the types of results you see when you bust apart the nuclear family unit. You have free reign now at the kids. So what's your take? Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. I agree 100%. One of the things that COVID exposed, I think two silver linings. One, that we have to bring our supply chains back home. Uh, that you know, mask gowns, gloves, uh, while we may like them cheap and made in China, if the Chinese Communist Party can, can cut them off, much less our critical minerals or pharmaceuticals and other things, that's a problem. But to your point, the other silver lining is that it exposed what's being taught in our schools, the lockdowns and having our kids educated over a laptop so that we could all hear what they're being taught, I, I think was a real wake up call for parents. Uh, we saw that manifested politically in Virginia uh, with the election of Glenn Youngkin when we saw uh, critical race theory and these divisive uh, teachings being taught to our kids. And now we're seeing it in Florida uh, where we are pushing back on the teaching of any kind of, there's nothing against anyone who's homosexual, heterosexual or anything else. It, sexuality has no place being taught in kindergarten, first grade or pre-kindergarten. It's, it's, it's an appropriateness issue. Those kinds of difficult, delicate conversations need to be done in the home and they, need to, and, and they are best done when you have a nuclear wholesome family. Uh, I was just talking uh, to my wife before coming on and she said, you know, one of the things that, that she looks to me uh, and looks for fathers to instill in their kids is confidence and self-confidence. Uh, and, and, and that's exactly what is missing in a lot of these fatherless homes. And the kicker is, is that our system of government, our entitlements programs actually incentivize financially divorce and incentivize single parenthood. Uh, and if you look at what's happened since the 1960s, despite the trillions We've thrown at it, uh, and in many underserved uh, neighborhoods and minority communities, they've gone from 80% nuclear family to 20%. It's actually flipped, uh, and I think that explains uh, a lot of uh, the struggles, and right on for Governor DeSantis to say enough is enough. We're going to incentivize fatherhood. We're going to stop shaming fathers. Uh, and 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 we're going to we're going to support them because nuclear families, I think, are the best kind of families. Yeah, well said. And, and and you're right on your point there with everything. And I believe that, you know, it, it transcends, I think, politics. If this was a Democrat that put this fatherhood bill uh, uh, forward, I'd be just as supportive of it because it's so important. I think it's the number one social issue we're having in our country. If, if we can't strengthen our nuclear family units and, you know, uh, I, I, I do pizza day at my daughter's school every every other Friday. And I sit there with the second graders at their table and talk to them. I, and I think like I, I cannot imagine adults wanting to sit down and talk to these girls who are still into the elf on the shelf and all this other stuff. You want to sit down and have a sexual conversation of any nature. Uh, I, I think we've really, really gone off the deep end here. So it's very, very dangerous stuff. And, and one portion of not having the dad in the home is the discipline portion. Uh, so, so what kind of uh, disciplinarian have you been as a dad with your 18 year old? And are you going to pivot, make some adjustments with your new one, learn some lessons there? And is it different than the discipline style you grew up with? Well, look, I, I think the, the most important thing for me is to be consistent and to be fair. Uh, and uh, it, it, look, and that's not just 
my style as a, as a parent, that's what I try to also be as a legislator. And what I think so many people are up in arms about is they feel like we have a two-tier justice system or, you know, rules for thee, but not for me. And we see that in COVID and who's being investigated. We're seeing it politically. So, you know, to, to bring that back home, it's, it's one, it's leading by example. Uh, that's a hallmark of the military. It's not telling your kids to do one thing while you do another thing. I would never ask one of my Green Berets to do something I wasn't willing to do. Um, and, it, and it's about applying that fairly. Uh, and kids, man, they get that at an early age and they definitely will call you out on it as a teenager. So that's that, that's kind of been first and foremost for me. Yeah, very cool. And in the middle of all this, Congressman, you got a, a children's book now out, uh, Dawn of the Brave. Yeah. Uh, where, I don't know where you find the time to do all this, but what could you tell us about uh, Dawn of the Brave, the new book? Well, we talked about how we're pushing back on and parents have had a real wake up call on a lot of the nonsense that's being taught in our schools, which, by the way, right now, the United States ranks uh, ninth in the world in reading and in the 30s in math. So let's just focus on reading and writing when we're talking about our elementary schools. How about, how about we get that right first? But, you know, as we're pushing back and this stuff is, I mean, whether it's CRT or sexuality, it's not just in our schools, it's in our libraries and what they're what kind of books that they're putting in there. It's in our community centers. My point is, what do we fill that void with as we as we get this stuff out of our schools? Um, Dawn of the Brave is a part of a subscription. Uh, if you go to bravebooks.com, it's not available in uh, on Amazon. It's only available on bravebooks.com. Your kids get a book a month focused on healthy, uh, conservative, traditional values, family, faith, friendship, our constitution. And in the case of my book, it's on service to country. All of the characters come together and they have to defend Freedom Island uh, against the invading uh, pirate rats that want to take uh, that want to take their freedoms and their liberties and livelihoods away. And they have to learn to operate as a team, appreciate each other's strengths and weaknesses, much like we've had to do in the special forces and in the military community. Uh, and only by operating as a team are they successful in, in repelling the invaders. And they self-sacrifice to each other and for a cause uh, bigger than themselves. And then finally, before I forget, uh, for every subscription, $15 is going to Samaritan's Purse, uh, which is doing amazing work for Ukrainian refugees right now as they fight for their freedom. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, I'm going to drop a link that you just mentioned in the description of this podcast episode so my listeners can tap it and, and get on over there and check it out. And, and then right now, Congressman, it seems like it's a it not only is it a scary time for parents, but for people that have been considering a military career with the unstableness going on right now over uh, in Europe and with uh, the president that we have right now at the helm, it may be people second guessing their decision whether or not they want to jump into the military here. What kind of advice do you have for a parent out there that's got a kid in the high school, senior year, getting ready to make that decision? Uh, what what kind of advice do you have for them? Yeah, look, I mean, obviously there there's risks involved, uh, jumping out of planes, kicking in doors, operating on a submarine. But I have yet to come across a veteran who says, you know what? Congressman, I regret my service, <laughs> right? I mean, they look back on the bond and brotherhood and sisterhood that, that, that they established, the life skills that they walk away with, uh, teamwork, leadership, discipline, followership, not to mention the actual technical skills. 
Um, and, and the sense of pride uh, when you're looking back on your life that you, you are willing to give all uh, for your fellow American, for your family, uh, and for the values that that red, white, and blue flag represents. So uh, regardless of whether, uh, you know, of who we have at the helm, the commander in chief, uh, this great nation, I, I think, is always worth serving and stepping up to serve as a parent. Look, it can be uh, that can be scary stuff. My poor mother wouldn't watch the news for the entire year of every deployment uh, I was gone serving as a team effort. Uh, and that's why I'm so passionate about taking care of families of service members, uh, because if if, you know, one of my Green Berets is going downrange to, to do bad things to bad people and he's worried about his family back home, uh, he, his his mind isn't going to be on the mission. So it, it is a family effort. It's a team effort. Uh, there's there's a lot of sacrifice involved with it. But it's absolutely worth doing. Awesome stuff. And what what about what's next for you? What kind of goals? Do you have any plans on wearing that green beret in the Oval Office someday? What are what are the big aspirations you have going on? Uh, man, look, I, I aspire. You know, in the House of Representatives, we get reelected every two years. It's every other year we're on that ballot. And and while that's uh, that can be brutal sometimes, that's the way our founders intended it. Uh, I'll be on the ballot this uh, this fall. Um, the people get a voice and a vote uh, on the job I'm doing. I take we the people very seriously uh, because they're my boss. Uh, and I think too many people in Washington lose sight of that. And then I hope if we flip the house to take over as uh, chairman of the committee on readiness, that has responsibility for all of our training. Uh, and we're going to cut a lot of this nonsense that we've been talking about out of our military, too, uh, where in our military academies, uh, they have critical race theory going on. We're going to get that cut out. Uh, there's nothing more divisive than teaching you that your squad mate is a oppressor or oppressed. Um, and, and, and so we, we've got a lot to get done in the House. And that's what I'm focused on, man. Yeah. And again, to your point of needing more veterans uh, involved in the House, in the Senate, in, in politics in general is because you guys have been there, done that. And you guys know where you're talking about much more so than somebody who's never put the boots on. So uh, God bless you for what you're doing. The last thing I want to hit you with here, Congressman, I love to ask all the dads that are get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Well, you know, first of all, I'm sure every every response has something to do with um, with stock up on your sleep. Uh, uh, so, so that's one. Uh, but number two, it is um, it's a different kind of love uh, and it is a different kind of bond. And there is just nothing like um, having kids in your life, you know, having that managed chaos. Uh, but but having that depth of love, I mean, it almost gets me choked up thinking about just my two uh, that will fill your heart. Uh, that will fill your fill your years. Hopefully they'll take care of you when you're done uh, and sitting in your rocking chair looking back on your life um, there. But but there is, I think, a special place um, in our society and in our country for fatherhood, um, for leadership, for confidence building, uh, for strength. Uh, and, and so we need good fathers out there. And, and that is, there, you know, we talk about being a man. Um, being a good father is being a good man. Yeah. Amen to that. Listen, this has been an honor for me. I got to say, Congressman Walsh, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, brother. Thanks for all that you do.
Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Congressman Michael Waltz. What an honor it was. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Uh, Don't forget, we are closing in on our 600th episode of the podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who will be my special guest for this very, very unusual episode that I'm about to hit you guys with. Uh, Please don't forget that First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads is now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you buy books. Go out and get yourself a copy. Thank you to all who have done so, so far. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Your half-truths and tales as tall as a